Yeah, it's mean, started at this point. I hit record. I can't <laughs> stop it. So whatever I happens, can't yeah, is rolling. There's nothing you can once, do. About uh, Cody, really, one. I I'm not an engineer. I don't know how to stop it once it's going. Uh cool. All right. Friends, family, gathered guests, we are here today to uh, commemorate a dinner that these people will die at in approximately one week or maybe longer. It's Podzilla 1985 plays the Curse of Strahd of the Podzilla 1985 network. There are members missing. I can't see faces. One man is stranded somewhere between his front door and a sidewalk in a California oh, suburb. Oh, my God. And did you sprinting see through it. Yes, we did. We all saw it sprinting through in real time. That was like a <laughs> horror movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> Speed Racer, okay. Cody, I have a question. Yeah, I don't have an answer, but go ahead. You say that we're all going to die at a dinner. You are talking about the game, right? Yeah, allegedly. I was really hoping he'd just go, So anyway, let me introduce... <laughs> I, I thought about it's it. Just, I thought it's about just it. just the Bargazzi uh... bit from SNL where he's like, you know, and you'll free the slaves too, right? And inches <laughs> is what we will use instead <laughs> of meters. Yep. Yep. But we'll use meters only in the inconsequential sports like track and field and swimming. <laughs> well, Cody, in football, there's a little there's a little kicking. It's not all kicking, but there's a little kicking. There he is. There he is. He's God, back at there us. He now is. we can do intros. All right. Yeah. That's what we were waiting for. Not yeah. not starting the podcast out of the cold blue. Cool. Okay. Was that I'm Cody cold? Sandusky. I'm your dungeon master and wow. dinner host, uh, alongside uh, Count Von Zerovich. Once we got to once we get to that point soon. Uh, joining me is our cavalcade of characters. First off, playing Sophie Valmont, legally distinct from and what other bullshit to Aiden, her sibling. It's the creator, co-owner, god, deity of uh, Podzilla 1985, Shannon Young. Yes, I am the god of Podzilla 1985. Thank and you for introducing me like that. So no, hear that. Moving no. on to our next contestant, The Price is Right. He just <laughs> got into his home studio. He is playing Bjorn the Blood Hunter, Werewolf, whatever the fuck amalgamation you want to make him out to be. Dog Soldier Kaz. I'll kick Cody. I am. Uh, I heard kick play Cody better kick you. That movie. <laughs> I interrupted yep. Kaz. I'm very sorry, but yes, your character has to be better than that movie. Guaranteed. I didn't yeah. even see it, and I'll take all of your words for it on the great <laughs> episode of Extras and Epilogues that you can hear in the backlog on Podzilla1985.com or wherever you find your fine quality podcasts. Playing Zephra, our blue air Genasi Genasi. You know, we've done this for a year, and I don't think I've ever bothered to learn how you pronounce your fucking race in class, but uh, she's Lindsay Wolfgang. <laughs> That's okay. Can we change the game to Delusions and Dragons? Right, well, I'm saving that clip, by the way. Of Cody said, I never learned how to pronounce your fucking razor class. I'm saving that and I'm putting yep. it in my pocket one day. <laughs> yep. Well, hi, kids. My political career's come to an end, but a man who was on radio longer than me, so he's probably got more examples of the same issue. He is uh, Rasmus Thomason, I, the only holy character in this entire fucking campaign. It's Double H. I have. I have to go now. My planet needs me. Goodbye. I'm going down. Oh, we're all going down after this one. Don't it's you worry about it. Double H was lost on his way to his nomination at the Democratic <laughs> National Convention. <laughs> oh my God! What okay. is happening? Uh, it's it's nine nine something. It's nine twenty two. I was gonna say it's lost a full plot. hour later than we intended. Cody, <laughs> yeah, Cody. and we've all clearly gone insane. Cody, yes. I'm Again, in delusions I, and dragons. I'm in roll twenty, Cody. Oh, oh are you? I think <laughs> I loaded it. Why did you say it all shitty like that? I'm, I'm not there. I'm just saying. I'm in roll twenty. You know, Shannon, oh, I went through. I went through such character. extensive es efforts as to put one fucking map on this screen, <laughs> and no one's there to see it. Now everybody's there to see it, and you can all be goddamn disappointed together. I like that. There you go, Cody. This is one of the best maps I've seen. <laughs> it's cool. Kaz <laughs> left. Uh, maps, courtesy of as you can see in the bottom right corner, because I'm not hiding uh, trademarks or anything. <laughs> DM underscore Andy on Patreon. Thanks, uh, Andy. They do have yeah, they do have uh, nice subscriptions you can do. <laughs> But he is so kind as to release like public versions. They're not 4K or whatever. But obviously, for Castle Ravenloft, this is uh, 
a great introductory map and probably ones you'll be seeing throughout however deep we get into this castle. I really don't yeah. know if I want to continue with Kaznot here, but, you know. I think that's okay. Yeah, it'll be fine. So, we're recapping the campaign to this juncture to which, if you've listened so far, uh, one of us has. I'm glad because I haven't listened back to what I've said over the last year and a half. It's probably better for me that I don't. But we've come to this point of the campaign where, after many trials and tribulations of navigating the land of Barovia, the crew has arrived back at the... Uh, Wizard of Wines, as Kaz arrives and disappears once again, much like Bjorn does into his vampire, or no, excuse me, werewolf form, and back so often. The crew has arrived with some bounty from Yester Hill. Gems for the land of Wizard of Wines. An amulet on the shield, currently, of one Rasmus Thomason. A, a brand new person in the form of Sophie Allegedly, Valmont, the uh, vampire spawn or whatever she may be. Yeah, you know, it's been so long. I didn't remember if we had told that to the party or not, but here we are. Well, I thought we had. Told, told them she what exactly? She was the bride of, of uh, the last name Valmont. Yeah, yeah. No, she said that uh, Aiden was her brother or Adrian. Okay, I thought so, name? but you, you went, oh, I was like, wait, did I misremember like literally something we said? Well, well no, when you said, you know, so, so-called Valmont or whatever, I thought, oh, that could be a twist. What if she's lying? You never even know with her. It's true. Can't to be fair, I did, I did raise this point. He like, did. Rasmus That's made true. a very intense point to mention this. Um, it was a cliffhanger for an episode, and he only seems to to kind of believe you. Yeah. Yes. Well, just call me Joe Biden. Oh my God. That's why were uh, you two in San Francisco today with Cash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you also seeing multiple dignitaries as Cash shakes his head in disbelief? Me and Winnie the Pooh were hanging out. <laughs> well, there goes the Chinese market for us. Uh, you <laughs> Shit, know, that's, that's our best market. <laughs> uh, Kaz is showing us his Discord is spinning. Updating one it's of updating. one. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I, I, will, I will quote him directly from this uh, text chat for babies. Goddamn fucking Discord. <laughs> update now. To which I say yes, because software is always updating. Stupid and ass fucking pain, Discord. And we all hate it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for hosting us, Discord. I'm sure we'll find a perfectly Aww. cromulent site like you in the near future. <laughs> uh I'm just going to be honest with everybody in, in this conversation. I think we, we tend to be honest with our audience, and this is a good time to do that. Mm-hmm. We're approaching a dinner that if this party chooses to accept it inside the halls of Castle Ravenloft. And I don't know if the breaks that we've taken in the campaign or, or the change of characters or generally the length of time it's taken me to become a DM to get us to the castle for the first time. I think we're all expecting that something's going to happen within the castle walls in the next couple of episodes. Would I be would I be wrong to say that to the party here in mm-hmm. attendance? Oh. No, oh, you, you Why are you I asking mean, us? Yeah. Well, well, we're the party in attendance. You're the party in attendance. You're the people who, uh, in the visage of your characters, will be making choices inside of the walls of Castle Ravenloft. Probably and- poor ones. Well, Lindsay took it right there from me. She's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the, the point that's being made here is that it's safe to say that every person in our party now has an extreme bone to pick with the, the head of the fucking table, right? Mm-hmm. At Castle Ravenloft. Um, he it does feels like to it's acknowledge been, him. Right, <laughs> it feels like it's been a long time coming. Uh, we haven't really had an in yet until this point, even though we've been told pretty regularly, don't go there, don't do that. Um, and it also seems like it is, I don't want to speak for everybody here, but I think we've reached a point where it feels like this is the only next move that we have. None yeah. of us even really still know why we are here. And so if anybody's got the answers, it's this guy. Uh, I do believe that Strahd has surpassed Bruno Sammartino as the longest reigning head of this castle. <laughs> I think he's now second or third on the list behind Pedro Morales and uh, maybe Hulk Hogan. I think Sammartino actually had it longer than Hogan. Uh, he did, right. but I'm also I'm going to tell you straight up, if we're following rules as written. Strahd's been running this universe since, I don't know, 
Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas was writing books. Uh, Marcus Aurelius was running, you know, the, he okay, had the so, Rome championship wrapped around his waist for a long time. So back in Flair's era, gotcha. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and when he was Richard Fleer, the man Fleer. from Minnesota before, before the plane accident, Richard Fleer and his good friend, Donald Drumpf. <laughs> there you That's go. Real name. Look it up. He'll take the rapist for 800. Uh, that's therapist. Because that's what they both are. Anyway, Cody, here's what I'm excited True. about for th- for this next step of the campaign. Yeah, and th- with it. Sure. And th- as, as a Castlevania fan, and you as a fellow Castlevania fan, you know and I know that when a Belmont, fi- a Valmont, I'm sorry, finally hits the castle, that's when sh- the shit starts. That's when... I'm expecting to be whipping candles. Um, this is where it gets good. This is when it he gets violent. He wants that turkey to come out of the wall. Well, that's yeah. just Don't cocaine. Let your dreams be dreams. That's just a cocaine dream. I tell you, look at that turkey in the wall over there. I'm telling you, don't let your dreams be dreams. You can whip walls and find turkey. You can find Bibles. You can find orbs that power up your staff, which makes no sense because the game is built on whip using characters. There's a lot of things that can come true for you in Castle Ravenloft. I might even make a clock tower. Oh, okay. I I, might even fight a ninja or two. (laughs) There you go. I will tell you one thing that won't happen. I can promise you because I have zero desire to extend that portion of the narrative. This castle will not turn upside down to extend the campaign. (laughs) Appreciate that. Well, we have to beat both castles to get the true ending, Cody. Or mirror it. Yeah. It's true. true. Uh, So, anyway, the ending is we can beat one guy, much less the castle. Yeah, we haven't really done great in fights thus far. Aiden was probably the best fighter, and I and he's gone. Aiden was the luckiest fighter. I'll say that. He was the luckiest fighter. Well, the thing is, none of us are built for fighting. I mean, Rasmus is a healer. Like, he's, he's built for taking care of the people who fought in the first place. Bjorn is about the closest that we have at this point who's built for fighting because he is, like, literally a monster, you know, fighter. But again... As a uh, the class that he is is very much a um, what do you call it DPS like he he's he's not a glass cannon but very much built for like hit hard and get out of there type. Right. Um, he's sustaining you know, nothing over this, here. At this point, I'm the closest thing we have to a tank. I'm pretty sure as a cleric. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the problem with drawing the aggro to and now I'm just using a bunch of gaming terms. But the problem with drawing the aggro to the healer is when the healer goes down, who brings the healer back? Uh, the other healer. Oh, that's when you do a self-revive. No, he didn't unlock that yet. Did he? I actually don't know. Can you self-revive? Can you self-revive? No. Okay. No. Okay. No, that's very much not a thing. Yep. Well, Aiden was a paladin, if I remember correctly, and he, I think he had Uh some healing ability, but he also, for better or worse, Bye-bye. He he was the I, he was the luckiest fighter. He was the one getting a lot of those critical strikes. He was the one doing a lot of damage. Um, he was in the Jesse Kimball school of you know min maxing. Of uh, he he <laughs> every time you get to fight, you just hear the clickety clack starting, and it was time to go. But now Aiden is gone, replaced by his sister, who is not the exact same character. She's I don't even remember what class she is. Was it a sorcerer? It's been a while. Right. right. It's a spellcaster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorcerer or wizard one. one yeah, I was two. thinking wizard. Whichever that, one uses books, <clears throat> as opposed to it's a wizard. Okay, yeah, wizard. I think you did wizard because technically mine's a sorcerer. Yeah, she is the wizard of Waverly Place. Yep. No school of evocation. That's yes. that's Sophie uh, Selena Gomez Valmont. Yes, that's what we all call her. <laughs> So I this is I was gonna say Sophie for what she hasn't signed that letter yet to President Biden, and that's why everyone hates her. God, it's turned so political. We went from me saying something about not knowing how to you know, never mind, you got the quote. You'll probably play it twice on the soundboard before the week's out. It's I, fine. I, I well December's gonna be uh don't say that December, and it's oh, gonna be that good. quote at the beginning of every episode. It feels like I should mention that uh, I'm going to be taking a vacation for the entire month. Of December. <laughs> Wish I could time to time to make my way somewhere else. Uh, so 
I think we're talking out of character. We're talking out of campaign at this point. It is a very similar thing to my first D&D campaign. Hunter, you kind of mentioned it as a cleric. You're drawing aggro that you're not necessarily meant to do. I was yeah. a warforged fighter in my first campaign. And despite being yeah. a fighter where you think you should draw aggro and also, you know, being a warforged, uh, as this group has, as I smack my microphone, sure be good for the sound quality. It's fine. As this group knows from playing with me and around me, uh, to be a successful aggro drawing fighter, you have to have high die rolls, and that didn't happen with that character. So I was, uh, uh, we didn't have revivify, but I definitely was lifted from death saves a lot. So I can empathize with that. And it's just a weird thing where you don't know how a campaign's going to play out. I think Curse of Stroud is really kind of had that happen the same way where we had encounters where me planning it or kind of knowing or thinking what to expect. Like, Oh, this, this surely this won't cause problems. <clears throat> and we've somehow caused problems and it's nobody's fault. It's die rolls. <laughs> it's just how that goes, but it's, it, it comes the fun of party composition and how you know, we've, we've thrown a joke around how to avoid min maxing, but also like having a party capable of doing things. This, and yeah, yeah. This, uh, it reminds me of of how much uh, lately I've started to think bullshit tabletop uh, Dungeons and Dragons type things are. Because you could have a character that is like, okay, who's your character? He is this really cool. He's a he's a vampire hunter. He's a monster killer. He's this really great, you know, fighter and all that. And then you get into a fight and you roll poorly multiple times. It's like, never mind. He's actually a piece of shit. And I lied to you when I introduced him to everybody. Uh, the the sheer amount of luck that goes that's into D and D. Well, that's what we do. That we we turn you know chicken shit into <laughs> chicken salad. I think is the the quote goes. And so much of my personal character development and my characters is based almost entirely on how well or poor he does during these fights. I never stick to my guns. It really just I go with the flow. So if my character sucks in battle, suddenly he sucks, and I got to work my way back out of it. I I never you know I don't try to make excuses for poor die rolls, but it, it well, it's it's all also worth noting that things them. that you're talking about are individual situations. Yeah. Like you know, just because one time shit went poorly, that doesn't mean that that's who this that, that's what defines this person. Like unless it keeps that's going just poorly. A, <laughs> well, Which it never I mean, yeah, does. but. <clears throat> I was going to say, I feel like it's rarely the case that you roll so poorly in combat so many times over that you then have to decide that that's, that's the way that, that things are. Um, I think it was poor Steven and I, and I, that rolled three ones yeah. in a row when we played uh, Candela Obscura. Candela Obscura. Yeah. 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 That was just bad. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, these things happen. That's just how that's it goes. That's when you wonder, like, ooh, fucking put a curse on me. Yep. And lean into that. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I get that just for and now we're not just talking about this game. We're talking about tabletop in general. I get how that feels, because believe me, uh, when I jumped back into to playing D&D for the first time in 2008, I think after I had not really played much through college uh, and, and played uh, fourth edition with with Jeremy and Chris and my, my buddies from my other friend group. Um, I, I remember distinctly a night where I just had so many poor roles. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm just getting you know, stomped. And that's, that's one thing that for me has been a little more frustrating about D and D in general. That's kind of why I have gravitated more toward narrative based games like Candela, because you can kind of talk your way around some of that stuff. Okay. Something went poorly, but that doesn't necessarily mean you did it wrong or that this happened at this time. There are other ways of, of explaining like, here's what happened and here's why it didn't go very well. And dis- um, despite my frustration with that system of dice rolling, what I love, and I, cause it, it sounds like I was being very critical to, to Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop in general. And in some ways I am because some of it, you know, is, it is like you said, kind of ridiculous when you're on a bad roll. But what I love about it is the freedom you have to do things that are off the beaten path. I can go into a game like world of Warcraft right. and I'm a paladin in world of Warcraft. I know what my abilities are. I know that I, when I when I use this move, it's going to work. When I do this, it's going to work. But I'm also limited to the mechanics of that game. I can't do anything aside right. from these attacks. D&D, I mean, Hunter and Cody and everybody here, how many times have we just pulled off the wildest shit because we thought of it yep. and, and it, it succeeded? And sometimes it didn't, but it succeeds. And when right. it succeeds, it's a great feeling. Right. Yeah. That That's what I love so much about tabletop and why I've been... 
<clears throat> since we're pulling back to Volvale, Hunter and I have conversations about gaming systems or tabletop stuff from time to time, and that's one of the things I've been exploring a lot in terms All of the time. DM content and resources <laughs> I'm, I'm consuming is... It's not inherent just to D&D 5e, but there are a lot of sins that this game system commits that do things like impede you when your one action comes up in a 10-person combat and it fails... Well, you've right. scrubbed the next 10 minutes of your time because you can't do anything to engage or you can't do anything to participate. Right. It's you throw a 20. Oh, shit, it's a six. Well, sorry. Time to twiddle my thumbs or play on my phone. And that's I remember to some systems, but it's a big one. Yes, guys. I remember hey, distinctly. Yeah, you remember when I ran from the top of that mountain for like 12 weeks? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I remember distinctly the first time I ever thought about the idea of a system that didn't because because D&D is what I was you know born and bred into. Right. This is the only tabletop I knew anything about. Um, the first time anybody even mentioned to me a system that did not have an initiative order. I was like, that that doesn't even begin to make sense to me. How is that not just total chaos? And Candela is like that. And it works. I mean, I feel yes. like it works pretty well because you could definitely have people say, hey, I want to do a thing and go, okay, yeah, that totally happens before this happens. It makes way more sense for that to be the case. Or, you know, I, I want to try this, or I don't have an idea yet. I'm going to let this stuff play out, and then I'll jump in when it's time. Um, and there really isn't, like, an, a, a turn and order system, and there's there's part of me that really enjoys that. Um, I also like games that play with it a little differently. Deadlands, again, we've we've kind of already hinted at being, and and very strongly hinted at, being our next big campaign that starts after this. Deadlands using the Savage World system plays with a deck of cards to set up initiative, and that changes every round. So it could be that you go last one round, and then the next round comes up, and you draw an ace, and you're going first. Um, I kind of like that. <clears throat> That's kind of a good stopgap between, yes, we have an order established of when people do things, but it changes regularly. Every six seconds, somebody gets a burst of energy, or they get critically wounded, and they've got to hold back a minute. Um Right. That works for me, too. I kind of enjoy that. Just the kind of loosening of some of those arcane rules. Yeah, there, there's a lot. Case, not <laughs> being magic. But. Right. There, there's a lot I've been looking at more rules light systems. And there, there's yeah. a, a faltering the other way. Like, there's some people I follow. I'll just, you know, no credit to anybody in particular. But, like, Dungeon Craft with Professor Dungeon Master or... Uh, Dungeon Masterpiece, uh, the DM Lair. There are a lot of different viewpoints from a lot of people that talk about whether you need to rules up and make the games incredibly crunchy or how even in crunchy systems you can make them engaging the whole time. And it talks about like scrubbing initiative order. Uh, there's uh, Matt Colville, a famous uh, DM person on YouTube who's working on their system. He does a lot of like developing the game videos. Their system's going to involve where your attack die... Uh, like so in their system if you roll a d20 that doesn't determine whether you hit or not it literally determines how much damage you perform in the action and whether or not against someone's defense you right. hurt them or however that goes there's so many and it's certainly because D&D is the the Kleenex it's the band-aid of tabletop RPGs it's the name yeah. that's been around for almost 50 years we're all incredibly aware of it that's how that goes but there are so many different systems and things you can do and that's I think I think something I will definitely do the next time, whether it be on PC85 Plays or the next time I run a campaign for us privately, however that goes, I'm looking at something that's a bit more lethal, but also a bit more rules light. Because and I know we talked about in this group, like Kaz is someone who enjoys action a bit more than the narrative side. I think it just turns the way we play. Hunter, you and I have talked about we're much more narrative based people. We enjoy that mm -hmm. almost as much as we like rolling the math rocks. And that and th there's something to feed every player, but I think it's something that while this campaign, I can't necessarily say has been a success. I think that's illuminated a lot of, for us, what we want in games and how we would like to play it both in PZ 85 plays and in the future, if we continue to play tabletop in whatever form that takes. So there's a benefit to that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cause I, think I that's it. Did we do it? Yeah, I, I think we did it. Cause I'll, it's it's a night of transparency. It's us sitting around the bonfire before someone pulls out the bucket of silver sand. It's it's um, just it's just us talking about D and D. It's us talking about tabletop. I mean, we've yeah, we're now right. what Hunter five or six different adventures into PZ eighty five plays. We had Ghostbusters up first, uh, mm -hmm. followed by I believe Horrors of Perryville. Savage Worlds. Yeah. So any anything Savage things. Worlds has been Horrors of Perryville related. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we did Horrors of Perryville. Wow. We did the long. Yeah. Star Wars. Dude. Dude. 
The cancer yeah, cut out I, there for a second. Try that one more time. Yeah, you motioned hand. We got none of the audio. Oh, uh, you can't hear me? No, we, no, we can't. Can. Yeah, yeah, it just it broke up. Now we can. Okay, he says to, to keep okay. talking. Um, so Ghostbusters, uh, <laughs> Horrors of Perryville, Star Wars, we've played a couple of D&D yeah. adventures with Cody, a couple of different ones. Um, I'm forgetting something. Candela well, Obscura. Candela Obscura. Yeah. So, so and then if you separate Strahd from Fallout. the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Fallout. Fallout. We did the, Fallout. Fallout. Yeah. You did the one shot uh, <clears throat> at Comic-Con, The Witch is yep. Dead. Yeah. Yep. Basically, the, sure the, right. this has been running, I know explicitly the exact date. Uh, this We have been doing plays since April 4th of 2020. And, um, and I know this because that's the day that I signed up for Roll20, and it shows me every time I log <laughs> it in. It shows you when you log in. So <laughs> that's when I first started using it, and I can tell you exactly what was what was going on. It was um, one of the best just things. Edition, by the way. One of the best things that COVID did was force us all yeah. to go online and do things. So uh, yeah. we went online and, and played D and had played D and D once before with Hunter and uh, yep. a, a group, but well, uh, you you had played you played D and D and then you also played Deadlands. If you remember, there was a very brief uh, we did like a one shot, right? Game. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys came up to the house two days in a row uh, yeah. and played. Asa was in on that. Jesse was here. Yeah, and we did a mini Star Wars one at the radio station. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, we we did. did. Star Wars yep. before then too. Yeah, yeah. A little Dawn. Which of I don't Fire. remember. Uh, Dawn of Defiance. It was just Star Wars. Yeah, but uh, I didn't remember if it was Episode One of Dawn of Defiance or if it was just it a wasn't. one-off beforehand. Okay, nope. that, it was, was a one-shot that I had pulled from that same universe. I think that nice. was one so of how my many... biggest jerk moments in D and D style gaming was when someone I won't say who they were trying to reprogram a robot so that they could have a buddy, and my character I believe shot the robot and killed it. Right, you, you, did. Yes, you did right in front of them. Um, yes, you did. Yeah, well, was that was one of the few, only was, few times I allowed PvP at the table too. Because <laughs> they then also hit you. I was, yep. I was playing an Imperial. An Imperial would definitely be an asshole like that. So you know, I think so anyway. They're not good people. <laughs> Neither are cops. Let's talk to. Let's be clear. Very much so. What's Say it again, Cass? We just talked about you that time. Yeah. I said, so how many different games did y'all play, like, recorded throughout this particular, like, what what was the final tally? Ghostbusters, Horrors of Perryville, which is all Savage Worlds. Three different Um, Horrors of Perryvilles. There were three different acts, Fallout 4, counting the one we didn't record. Yeah. Um, Fallout, Star Wars, D&D. So five. We've played, and Candela Obscura. We've played six different systems. Six. So far. And then how many years has this particular channel been going? 2020. April of 2020. So it's now 2023, about three and a half years. I I, I still think uh, y'all are showing like more seasons, technically seasons than, than years. So that's a, that's quite prolific as it, as it comes against. When you think about the fact that I think the Star Wars one went for like a year and a half, we're now, over two years we're now over a year on this one yep which is kind of hard to believe if you yeah, take for, a step for back better or worse we are over <laughs> <a> year, <laughs> close to a year and a half because we started in august if i remember correctly august yeah, or something yeah, we did we did so, yeah i think well, and then yeah. we have other stuff that runs still, concurrently uh, too don defiance yeah. is still the the standard to me that is the standard when yeah, it comes to rpg different plays yeah it came um, together so much better than and i don't mean this to sound bad but it came better, together so much better than i ever expected because mm-hmm. i've run that campaign before and i've never gotten to finish it you guys are the first ones i told you this to get past the the end of act two not that my other players died it was just that those games i mean it takes so long and, yeah. and the games the groups fizzled right. out and what uh, a what a great time ending. i tried so what to you're saying is, is they found the uh wizard's key we did. We got out of the dungeon, and, and it was one of the right. best endings. I think, uh, even just looking at it, the uh, you know thematically, theatrically, yeah, it, it was such a good ending. Um, now, yeah. what, from what I understand, this time though, so at the end of the Star Wars campaign, it was full on ships flying out of the, you know the the destroyed uh, ship. Mm-hmm. It's a, a standoff with Vader, Tanner's character Jedi sacrificing himself, my character Harani yeah. kind of coming full circle into being a hero. It was a great story. Now, from what I understand, is in this story instead, Cody's bringing us all to a table and killing us. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I'm glad you cut to brass tacks because. Yes. Oh, it's um, going to turn into Clue, and someone's going to show up dead, and we're going to figure out who did it. Strahd. It was Strahd. Can I just make a guess now? We figured it out. Yeah. It was Strahd with the I'm going to give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. Yep. <laughs> uh, just with the fangs, with the claws, with the cursed armor. Oh, sorry, you didn't hear that. It's fine. 
Uh, this adventure, oh. uh, Strahd, I, we've said it multiple times throughout this campaign. Me, I think more so than many. Uh, the Cur- Curse of Strahd is, as written, a weighty campaign that is as sandbox as it gets that yeah. can go in a million different directions. And I will be the first to admit that I think I bit off a buffet or two more than I could chew when we started this thing <laughs> off a year or so ago. <laughs> and, and that's the, okay. That's yeah, okay. It, it it's is, all right. It's all right. It's one of those we're getting to a conclusion, maybe not the conclusion that was expected, but also I didn't think a year or so later we'd be just going to dinner for the first time. And that's right. no one's I fault mean, other than just pacing and breaks and, and your boy sure. learning how to be a DM. I feel like I've learned Stuff a happens. lot. It's just on-the-job training that's recorded for posterity's sake, and that's not always the most fun thing on the planet. And and we've talked about this before, man. I mean, you know, coming into to running this show, so I was the one who went, hey, I really want to have a tabletop show. COVID was the perfect time in the right. midst of the pandemic because we were all separated. We could do this here. We could get together with people from all across the country with Kaz and everything. Um, coming into that, I mean, I'm 38 years old. I started playing D&D over 20 years ago in high school i was i was probably 15 i think when i first started playing played a lot during that time didn't play as much during college but then again around 2008 had a regular game group that started up and we played regularly for like 10 years off and on i mean granted there were there were you know times where we went almost a year we didn't play what i'm saying is i had a lot of experience coming into this I also had to learn on the job. I just didn't have to do it on a microphone and right. uh, under a recording. And, uh, and then God, to be fair, because high school, right. Hunter, you know, we all, said, we all said dumb things in high school. Yeah, yeah, Xbox um, live logs need to die. I think we've all said that. And, and it was, uh, to be fair, I was going to say, I've, I did do some, you know, learning on the job because anytime you play a new system, I mean, granted D is not, not new for you in the sense that you played it before, but like, Everything that we have played on this podcast, save for D&D, which I've never, interestingly enough, I've never run a D&D game here. You have run all the D&D that we've done. Yeah. I've never run a D&D Shit, campaign on right. this podcast. I hadn't thought about that. Um, and Star Wars, because again, I had run a Dawn, I have tried to run Dawn of Defiance before, did successfully run it for a while. Everything else, Horrors of Perryville, Ghostbusters, Fallout, all of that, Candela uh, has been brand new. Fallout and Candela, actually, we were playing beta versions of the game. Right. Which both are a lot of fun. And I'm I'm really excited to do both of those again. I would love to run another Fallout one-shot sometime in the near future. Uh, the official Candela Obscura rulebook just went out today, if I remember correctly. I just made so. available yeah. today. Um, fingers crossed that that's going to be under my Christmas tree in about a month and a half. Hey. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, that, those are things that I want to definitely double back to at some point in time. But, I mean, basically the whole point of, of what I'm getting at here is, like, we're all kind of learning. Like yeah. not just as DMs. I mean, most of the people playing Lindsay, you had never, if I remember correctly, played a tabletop game before you started doing oh, the show, had, right? I no, had a, you tell her. I tell had him. a half-assed version of a Sailor Moon tabletop we had three sessions of in college, but there the girl that was running it had no clue what she's doing. I have the game book <laughs> in the other room. Yeah, what, what's crazy is we both had that game book. That was also my first introduction nice. to a and d style game. I didn't play it. I, I was just obsessed with Sailor Moon, so I bought the merch. Right, right. Well, and you, I mean, your mm-hmm. first experience with tabletop had been with me off camera, but then, you know, coming into yeah. this year too, the same well, deal. You know, Tanner, I, if I remember correctly, the first thing he had ever done tabletop wise was the first Ghostbusters game. The very first thing we ran here and has been a part of it since then. Kaz, I know you played a little bit, but it was mostly like the, the modern D20 stuff, if I remember correctly. I, w- I had a lot of like growing up, I had a lot of aspirations to play, but no one around to play. Yep. Um, so like I had the books. I remember having Magic the Gathering, but it was more collector based than anything. Like I loved that world. There was just no one to play with. So as I got older, actually, yeah. I think one of the first games that I played officially was with my brother in law. We started running one shots when I'd come back for like Christmas, mm-hmm. um, which was a blast. Like it'd be a, like one night, one session, few yeah. hours of play. And, um, but like going off of that and being able to join this crew, like it was a, it, it, it was, it was great because I finally got to play with yeah. people. And, and in order to do so, I didn't have to like coax people in by saying, well, I'll just be the DM and make it up. But, but no one really wanting to play right. and I would be having to be DM. So like, this has been fantastic. This opportunity here. Yeah. There's only yeah. one or two of us that don't want to play here that still play. 
It's it's the, it's less of a number than you would expect. Are they in the room with us right now? Uh, you know, <laughs> the power of myth. You know, um, and the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Wait, was that Tanner? It is a Tanner. Yeah, it is a Tanner. Tanner, you can jump in on this too. We're not we're not actually say, playing. I, yeah, I must say we we can discuss what happened. Oh, you're dead. You died. Oh no, you, you're dead. You, you, you passed away. Yeah. You died. I put a blanket on you Sorry. and walked out. He did not. He, <laughs> really? took, he probably took your money and walked out because he's a fucking thief. I think we've all established that. That's one of my favorite things about this campaign is Hunter's character calling out your character constantly for just being a shitty thing. For just being weird. And yes, I realize my character, for those of you listening and they're wondering what we've gotten into in this campaign, my character did use a dead child skeleton as a puppet once. Sure. Yes. Yep. Sure. Yep. That yes, did happen. Did. But what Kaz has done is worse. I yeah, think your other character covered a man of the cloth in blood. <laughs> <laughs> just soaked Wait. him. That's true. Yeah. 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 I'm rich though. I still got all that go. Um, hey, so um, <laughs> I I maybe own a bar. I just kept throwing coins at him Cody, until he gave Cody me. Cody has repeatedly told you that you do not own a bar. Yeah. I said maybe. Yeah, because he has to say it. Cass, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. Not only does Bjorn not own a bar, there's a greater than zero percent chance that Velaki just doesn't exist anymore, bud. Yeah, and we I should go yeah. back there and check it on and see if my ground. investment went well. Let's see if your your money has grown, Cass. I don't think oh. you understand how uh, how oh, consumerism man. works. You don't just throw individual coins at things until you buy it. That's yeah, not right. really how purchasing works. Not, not every barkeep with a barrel of wine is able to establish a form of government. It's just like watery tarts and swords. <laughs> well, I, I, I grew up in the swamp, so like this is the first time I had gold. I had a lot of it, so A, it's heavy, and B, people react when I throw it at yeah, people do react when you throw coins <laughs> at them. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> um, that is accurate. You know, <laughs> since some of these things will not be teased out, since we're, we're let's just reveal a couple things that could or would have happened. Okay. Uh, if depending on how that whole encounter on Yester Hill went, uh, there was a massive tree into that could have appeared. Goal one would have been destroy Village of Va- uh, or um, Wizard of Wines. Goal two was it was going to Velaki to smash mm. that fucking in. And the town, but the inn is a part of it. Well, what's left oh of it? God. It's a smoldering yeah. shithole. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, have yeah, insurance. It, it is, because, you know, Velaki wasn't supposed to catch fire. That's maybe one of my favorite <laughs> things, because that is one of the things that uh, the Burgomaster's guy could do, was cast flame from his, like, massive, his strong hand. His strong hand, the and, good uh, hand. And that was just that was just me saying, yeah, books catch fire, and I very much enjoyed how that played out. I I will uh, I'll take just a sliver of credit and say that's probably the best thing I DM'd in that in this campaign. That might have been the strongest set of scenery, like that and us getting out of there, and then the the discussions we had on the way to the actual winery where we find all finally all kind of revealed who we were and what we we were keeping from each other. I think that was maybe if you're looking, I don't even know what number episode it was, uh, but if you're looking for a way to like really get the, the, um, the gist of what we've done and really get like the highlights of this, this series, that'd be the way to do uh, it. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that stretch, like you said, that, it was like three or four episodes where that's, that's where I'm first most proud that, of what I put out. Yeah. That was the first time that Bjorn ripped somebody's head off. And I think he tasted somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's also right afterward when everybody ran off on their own. That was one of my favorite moments personally for my character because he was on his own running. The guard was chasing him and just perfectly fought the guard. Just like ha- he was almost dead uh, because at one point, you know, Aiden was, was as close to death as he could be. And I knew running yeah. on my own, I'm like, oh, he's going to die. I'm going to die here. But the roles were on my side. And Aiden performed this incredible battle against this guard and won. And that was one of my favorite things. And then he, I think he walked into the tap, the end, and just fell over. And Bjorn was dancing on a table, maybe. I don't remember a lot of it. 
<laughs> something weird was happening. Yep. I think when I was purchasing the property. Meanwhile, Red was I, face down <laughs> in the fucking dirt, apparently. I they say he's dead. I think he's just drunk, and then he died in the fire. Uh no, no. Uh <laughs> possible, but yeah. Uh he was gonna be dead. He was flammable. Because wasn't he wasn't he part tree? Most of us are flammable. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate part tree yes yeah because he yeah. was it was like his name was redwood <laughs> he was barky he was barky the redwood he was barky <laughs> uh oh, i'm just gonna point out episode uh probably episode 18 is is where you okay. would want to jump into curse of straw because that's when the event i believe occurs yeah. at the burgomaster's mansion that's and uh, that run through about probably episode 23 yeah. is our best chunk because that's episode, episode 23 is when you meet Strahd for the first time uh kaz would you believe that over this year and change we've been doing this we've had 32 episodes which is oh, far fewer than i would expect episode yeah. and to be fair episodes one through 18 were us just leaving like the intro part Yes. Yes. Was, Again, that was still the you, tutorial. You know, you know what's funny is if you go back, I mean, that mansion, we were only in there for what two or three episodes, or three episodes. which was like yeah. one of the strongest things. And then after that, I think is when we kind of got lost and and, and literally it and figuratively. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Those are probably your two best chunks or episodes one through. Uh, it's like one three or four. four. At most. That's I'm looking back. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it was um, mainly the oh, month of did, October. Yeah. Or not October, August. Oh, oh God, no, Hunter. Sorry. It went longer. It's been like, it was eight episodes. We were in the manor Jesus. for eight episodes? Yeah, because episode eight is when you guys count, encountered wow. uh, Count Logroft. Well, yeah, because oh, I was doing I was doing shit. puppetry. Yeah, with, with yeah, but that didn't seem with like it was children. that long. You know? Man, yeah, that's crazy. Eight, eight episodes, like I said, because episode one is when we that's started. Crazy. We were live in person in July of 22. That's and right. We, we did are. the very first one. Man, it was yep. a July. I oh, really yeah. thought it was... Yeah, that first episode went up July 20th of 2022. Yeah, because Kaz was down, if I remember correctly. We did it yes. all yeah, that's uh, why we did, yeah, it, all we did it all thing. live, right? Yeah, we did it, we did it at the Hendrix estate. And didn't invite so Jesse. So we have... Uh, <laughs> where those metal die come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. still got them. Yeah, yeah, my D10 I still use often. So we've turned this into a nostalgic episode. We did it. We did, we did it. the thing. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We did it for nostalgia. And I want to point out too that like all the games that we not to just fully fully pull oh, away shit, from the but like <laughs> the, uh, that's, fitting. that's fitting for this campaign coming to an end. Don't you fucking replace that. All the things that we've done. I mean, I definitely want to double back and do some time. How do you like us that, now? That uh, <laughs> that eighties Ghostbusters game that we did for. Yeah. I think in total, it's maybe nine or ten recordings at most. Like it was the first, you know, few months that we were on. Um, oh, man. A lot of the people who play now didn't get a chance to do that. So Shannon didn't come in until the third episode. Yeah. Um, it was I, my my original three players were what you, Cody, Tanner, and and uh, Jesse. Jesse? Jesse. Yeah. And 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 like but you like, said I in love... the beginning, you know, you learned on the job, and you learned from yeah. your mistakes, and that's why Jesse is not on the newer episodes. <laughs> Well, that's because he's damn. still down in Mexico. Well, it's terrible thing. He is El Jefe. He's still down in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, that was five episodes we played Ghostbusters. At least five recordings that we have on the website. Damn. And my best I version of a character. My, I, my character was just Zach, Zach uh, Bagans from Ghost Adventures. Bagans. That was that was <laughs> just my character. So, yes, yeah. yes, he was. So something I'd really love to do is that Ghostbusters game still has a bunch of, of module stuff I can borrow. And their their system is fine, but it's really simplistic, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've said it a couple of times: the Candela Obscura Illuminated Worlds system, that D six system that they use, which the original Ghostbuster system is also D six, but it's proprietary. Right. The Illuminated World system, I think, is perfect for Ghostbusters. Like the way that it builds the gear. I mean, a bleed detector is just a PKE meter. Uh, yeah. a, a bleed vial is just a ghost trap. Like it's all the same type of stuff. I would love to retrofit that with some of the modules from then and get people who didn't get a chance to play that the first time to do it again, but with those rules. Cause like Kaz and Lindsay is Ghostbusters. Shannon getting to actually play himself. That's what I'm thinking is that it's horrors of Perryville, only Ghostbusters. You play yourselves. That could be fun. I think it'd be, I think it'd be, be really cool. fun. And I do I, like I, the I'm dice really system with Candela that you literally have your fails, your mixed success, and then just your success. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. Man. And so there's a, that mixed success, mm-hmm. the mixed success thing was, 
I, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about it. it to, to get a good success without any complication or something fucking you over in the end, you had to roll a straight six. And that that felt a little harsh sometimes. Because even when you rolled a four or five, it felt like something bad happened eventually that, you know, fucked you over. It, it, it felt really, it felt harder than I think, I don't know. It felt harder so, than normal. So the reason I like that, and I know we didn't really talk about it explicitly, but the the, the thing I like about that system and the, the way that that works is that all of this is just storytelling, right? Right. Storytelling doesn't work if there are no complications. So, and Cody could probably attest to this as a, as a GM, on nights when the, the team is rolling poorly, it's rough. Like, you have to make some concessions and be like, ah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Because like you said, for a player, it really sucks when you're rolling poorly. Right. For a player, it's also very cool when you're rolling nothing but 20s all night long. But for a GM, <laughs> you then struggle with how to make it, not, not how to make it hard, importantly. Because again, a GM's goal is not to kill you. You right. then struggle with how to make it interesting. Because it's really fun to succeed over and over, but you're going to end up speed running through a bunch of things because it's just, well, I did it and it's fine and it's done. Um, I will agree. It's a little more, it's a little less forgiving because like you said, you have to get a six or double sixes for a, a full success without any kind of complications, but a mixed success isn't always okay. But the thing that, that is going to come back to bite you is going to ruin your world. You guys got a lot of that in the last uh, bit there because we ran into a lot of high stakes situations. Like by the time you get to the end of it, almost every role you're making is high stakes, whether that means life or death, or you're going to be found out and it's going to completely change the scenario. So when you start having to make mixed success or take mixed success uh, results at that level, then yes, the good thing is very good, but the bad thing is very bad. Um, I understand from a player's perspective why that is is sometimes frustrating, but I think that's what's needed in some cases to keep it interesting. That's what keeps you from just like, okay, well, I'm just rolling poorly, or okay, but I'm just rolling good. Like, nothing, nothing's really changing. This at least gives you a, all right, I'm making some progress, but here's a new complication. I mean, that's that's just story structure. That's rising action, right? There's a new complication. Now we change. Now here's a new thing. Um, that's what I like about it. But I get it. It's it's different and it has its its drawbacks too. Yeah, I, I feel like if I don't know, would it would it be oh shit, sorry, would it be too easy if it was you know one and two that's a failure, three and four that's mixed success, five and six that is a success. Do you think adding that one extra die would make it that much easier or make it more fair? I think. You you could certainly pitch it that way, and definitely the GM can do that. You can make that like rules is written. That's not how it works, but there are times where a GM can step in and go, "All right, here's what you need to know about this role." And I, I don't disagree that maybe there's something to be said for the low, medium, and high stakes that you could say, "Okay, this is a low stakes role on a five or a six, you're fine." Right. Um, that makes on a sense. high stakes role, you definitely need a six, right? Because that's uh, again, high stakes, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And again, we were we were playing for the very first time with a brand new system, uh, a game that was not even fully released at the time that we did that. Uh, this was very much a, a a beta, for lack of a better term, the quick play uh, rules, uh, the quick start guide. So yeah, I could I could definitely see that being the case. Um, really, I mean, what I mainly like about that system, for the most part is is the the narrative how narrative based it is i like the idea that it's collaborative storytelling yeah. that you you when you create your character you're given a lot more freedom to do what you want with them you know there are other games shannon where i if you had said you know i want to be a famous magician and i want to work at this theater they've been like well you're level one so like that doesn't really make sense <laughs> i don't really know how to make that work um yeah no. in this game you you're not a level of anything it's just you this is what you do this is who you are and that's my favorite aspect of these games is it's less the combat. I, I combat's fine. I like combat, but that's my least favorite part of it. It's the storytelling and it's the, it's the adventure, the adventure. That's why, you know, spoiler alert. If you haven't listened to the end of Candela Obscura, we, we all died except for Steven. Um, yeah. And I wasn't mad about it because I thought that was a great story. The way it all yeah. went was good. I mean, yeah. Was it a happy ending? No, but sometimes yeah. it, when there are stakes, it's not always a happy ending. It it was a bittersweet ending because we've talked about it before. Ending. You guys, you guys got the information you needed to shut down that branch of Eons to shut down the Radiance Corporation. Uh, it it just came at a, a the highest cost, right? Um, and sometimes that's and so, that's what fucking happens. You can't win yeah. all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was cool. Comes with it. back to the dice thing, though, too. Like in right. some ways, like that. 
yeah. level of randomness can end up being serendipitous or it can also be disappointing. And, but I mean, that's and, that Briggs. Yeah, quite literally, when you get down to that last major role that I was like, okay, this is it. This is the the big one. Like, if you get this, you get out. If you don't, you don't. Um, the the one mark that you guys took from not doing that, it just happened that everybody was on the track. Every like, single I'm out, person. I'm out. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. Every yeah, single person. That, that's all I had left. Right. So, well, uh, yeah. not, to, not to take this over, Cody, but we're about 10 minutes out. I didn't think we were going to go this long. What can the right. fans expect from this next segment of The Curse of Strahd? I... Uh, joking aside because we've all kind of joked about it now all right i'll peel the curtain back for a second can i peel the per- curtain back everybody else gets to i think we oh, pulled the curtain rod down the curtain, so you're the good it's yanked. off yeah it's on it's on fire you peel curtain floor the cats bananas? are rolling around on it i <laughs> personally i am burned out on tabletop i am I, I i need a break with that said despite all my little shitty jokes that i make sometimes i am excited to play this next spot because i like this curse of strahd storyline i think i finally found a rhythm with my character where i like the characters um that i was so attached to harani tar in star wars because i loved that character and Mm -hmm. sophie is is a new character but the whole valmont storyline and what you and i have worked out cody and we've talked about and the potential that's there i'm very excited about it so i am excited to see this campaign through despite the fact that you say you're not, and I don't believe you. So what, what can the fans expect coming up on PZ 85 plays the curse of Strahd? The fans can expect a, a very uncomfortable dinner. Uh, depending on my presuppositions of how the party is going to behave. I expect this to be a very caustic environment, despite what Count Strahd von Zarevich has pitched to you all in the letter he sent requesting your presence for said dinner. Uh, and that could be some bias on how the uh, the characters in this party have played before and up to this point. Uh, <laughs> that may change and things may adapt. <laughs> He's talking about um, Kaz. I am. I'm <laughs> yeah, talking about Kaz. Kaz specifically, yeah. Well, person of the party, just Kaz. Yeah. I do nothing. No, Kaz, it's not just you. It's okay. We're we're deflecting from Shannon. It's fine. No, that, I do all no, things, that was Aiden. Sophie's different. She's different. Oh, it's gonna be different Wait, this time. Does that mean I need to start talking it's to like Sophie and just kind of like no. Sophie again, the one that splattered blood on our cleric the moment she met him? Yes, different. <laughs> <laughs> and then started having conversations with herself as she multiplied. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. The fans liked it. I got no letters. <laughs> and then and then uh, not to not to step on the, the toes there but once once this campaign comes to an end whenever that happens to be which i think we're basically kind of anticipating by the end of 2023 at this point um yeah. at the latest by the time that comes to an end uh depending on however long it takes between then and the next thing the next big thing we've mentioned it a couple of times here uh i i'm, I'm gonna step back in i'm gonna step back in and gm again we have mentioned the word deadlands a couple of times now it's something that we've played before we have never played it on plays ever for whatever reason i don't know how that hasn't happened yet um and so the goal is is going to be that we're gonna head out and now shannon tells you he's burned out on tabletop but as soon as i tell him that he gets to be briscoe county jr we'll see We'll see if that sticks. We will, nice. we will definitely see if that sticks. Um, now, if, <laughs> now, if you tell me I could be Tiny Elvis, I'm in. I don't see why not. I'm in. That's a good point, I mean, Biggie. I mean, that's tiny. a you could be a Tiny Elvis, and you could ride a tiny horse. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying man. That, oh, oh. So, so here's what I'm really excited about again with, with Deadlands. We have, I think this is a good place to kind of to start wrapping things up. We have fully established in three and a half years that we are nothing if not weird, fucking so weird, weird, man. So as, weird. As, as, a, as a collection of people, we cannot be serious for an extended period of time. Cody right? knows um, that. I'm going to be a guy riding horse always, this, even this into is, the bar. This is why. This is why one of the things I loved about Candela is that while it has a super serious over overtone, like all the individual pieces can be, you know, funny and goofy and and, and all that. Um, Deadlands is such a perfect strike, I think, for our group in general, because it is, first of all, it's just cowboys, which is something that we love from playing Red Dead and all that. Um, but it's also the Weird West, so it's alternate history. So it's uh, paranormal, it's ghosts and it's zombies uh, and it's cryptids. Uh, it's action, but it's also super narrative and it strikes a really good tone between again, serious and humorous. It's, it's that ghostbusters level tone. Um, 
I really think this has the potential to be kind of our, our sort of magnum opus for the time being. Um, and I'm really, really excited to figure out who's going to do what and where we're going to go. Because when I, when I say I have Deadlands material, I wish it was easier for me to show you this. I would just grab my phone and show you uh, in our basement game room. I literally have binders. I have an entire shelf of binders worth of Deadlands material from a previous edition that I'm going to graft onto the current edition. Um, this this could go, if we wanted it to, it could go on for years. Legitimately. So I, I don't plan on living for years. Well, well you never do. That, and yet yeah. we're still oh, here. You I looked forward them odds for a while. Same thing at the ten-year anniversary of the show. Oh, well, I did. I just announced to the cast last night on Xbox. I'll go ahead and say it here. Um, it's exciting news. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got exciting them. news. Wrap it up with this. Podzilla nineteen eighty five has been renewed for a ninth season. So yes. congratulations, yes, Podzilla nineteen eighty five. Despite our best efforts, renew. Yeah, we we started in two thousand fifteen. Crazy. 2015. They have optioned our contract. They're bringing us back. Um, Tanner, we need to talk Jess, though. Jesse's on the fence. Yeah, we yeah, gotta, we gotta, we, we, we gotta cut some people. Uh, we're cutting. We're, they, they are slashing the budget a little bit. Oh god, uh, it's not, it's not horse time anymore. Budget? Now it's just pony time. It's, it's just pony. It's pony time. Ponies are more Hi. expensive than horses. I was gonna say. Oh, shit, what's a cheap oh. horse called? A bike? Donkeys. My little pony. Mules. Tiny. You get one of them for about tiny nine horse. <laughs> He's extra uh, tiny today. Since we're revealing exciting things here in the future, I'm going to say it right now. This is true, actually. Um, horse Time's going back to live. It's going to be a live show streamed yeah. on Facebook. Uh, we're coming back with that. And I think, I don't I don't know if it would be a bad idea if we live streamed the, the tabletop stuff. I think that would be a good idea. We did do that for a little we while. We did do that for a little correctly. while. Yeah. And, it, and it would be even better again if they can actually see our board and, right. and see right. what's going on. Very, so, yeah. Very much we looking forward to interacting with the crowd again. We can maybe physical dice ourselves yeah. like some of us do. No, Kaz just wants to, he just wants to post memes again and weirdness <laughs> and have people see it <laughs> and have people interact with us. So Michaela, easy easy enough. Easy enough. If you've got a webcam, you just angle it. That's it. Between being like interacting with the crowd on uh, you know, horse time, horse that's time. awesome. And then being able to play the Western weirdness and actually be—I'm always a weird character. Now it actually fits the narrative. <laughs> yes. Well, okay, I think, Kaz, but I when think every we still the best version weird, of that at Fallout. If every character's weird, you're normal. You'll be the first <laughs> no, time you play that at Fallout. Weirdness. I'm gonna turn up my weirdness to eleven. You ain't seen weird yet. Oh God, I have a cowboy hat. I'll wear it to every show. <laughs> Cody, are you gonna play with us? Yes. No. No. Cody's taking uh, a break. Cody's uh, taking a break. Uh, Cody, Cody, I don't blame him. Cody One is going bit. to undertake his true calling, which is to replay the 1994 Major League Baseball season with the Card and Dice Baseball Simulation. <laughs> That's probably going to honestly take me until 2027 or to eight. Cody also famously does not like spooky stuff, so the fact that we even got him to run Curse of Strahd in the first place is is and an act, like and, it's and impressive in and of itself. And star in three. I believe three right. of the five episodes of Hollows right. and Tales in October, and he knocked it yeah, out of the just park. Just fucking kill it regularly. Yeah. That was uh, yeah. That, that was def- definitely an encouragement based upon how Curse of Strahd went. I'm glad I could participate yes. in a spooky endeavor that went well. Yes. So thank you for having me on that. Everything about season two of that show was fantastic, and yeah, uh, everything was coming up Sandusky. Don't want, <laughs> don't want to say anything too soon, but um, a- Agent Lambert will return. In <laughs> <laughs> and so will Detective Glass. Oh, that's how's that gonna happen? That you got his fucking heart ripped out by Cass. I don't know. All right, Cody, let's wrap this up. You take us home, baby. I'm hard just thinking yeah. about it. Uh, well, <laughs> as, as was mentioned, 2024, stay tuned. You're going to get Deadlands and Double H presents Blazing Saddle Busters, but we gotta get Blazing through fucking before busters. that. Well, that's the name. I love that. Yeah. Think about Cody just killing it and then just off the top of his fucking head coming up with blazing saddle butt. All right, That's I gotta write it down. Amazing. I gotta before, write it down. But before you get to the greatest invention I've ever crafted on PZ85 plays, we gotta slog through a fucking castle and have dinner with a vampire first. So <laughs> we'll be back likely next week to uh nope. hit the finale of not, oh, not yeah. necessarily that episode, but the finale oh, yeah. stretch. Oh, okay. Up easy eighty five plays a curse of Strahd. I mean, depending on how you guys want to play, it can be a finale. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
there's always the potential for exactly. Yeah, there's all- <laughs> I'm attacking the dude with the pointy teeth. That's where you're attacking so many forms. <laughs> no, Wait, Sophie's a dude. Sophie's what? got pointy teeth. Hey, man, girls can be dudes too. That's a dude. Kel, Kel said dude. it best. She's, She's a dude. dude. We're all dudes. We're all, We're all dudes here. Hey, that we all picked oh, up on it. God. Oh God, Cody, wrap it up before yeah. Shannon loses his mind. For, for all for all the dudes in here, I'm another dude saying thank you, fuck you, bye. This has been PZ85 <laughs> plays a recap of Curse of Strahd on the Positive sort of. 1985 Network. Saddle up, Pony Boy. <laughs>